Welcome to Future Economies Start with Youth, the podcast. My name is Kevin Estacia, and today we're going to unpack the concept of blended volunteering and understand why this approach is so successful and futuristic in engaging especially young people. Today, my guests are Inga Baudouin and Alok Rath, who have done research on blending, blended volunteering. We have Joost van Enge, who has benefited from volunteers in his enterprise. And last but not least, we have Susie Hartsfall and Rona Acheng, who have both contributed to, um, to creating more inclusive and decent job for young women in Uganda through volunteering. Thank you for being here, everyone. And also a special thank you to, to Yost and Alok for being here online. We know you guys are far away, but it's also really nice to have you guys online here with us today. So, it seems like there's an increased recognition that volunteering contributes to long-lasting, sustainable change. Many donors and foundations see the added value in, um, in being truly rooted in society. And also the UN Secretary General Assembly in September of 2015 adopted the importance of volunteering in achieving the SDGs. That's truly a great thing. So Inga, I want to ask you, what do you think about this? All right, well, thank you for the invitation, first of all. Um, and yes, so the resolution recognizes um, that volunteerism can be a powerful means to achieving the 2030 Sustainable Development Agenda. Um, and also there is increasing interest in understanding how all different types of volunteers can contribute to development um, as experts, as valued partners, and also how they can be better supported in doing so. Uh, so the blended uh, volunteering research in particular looks at kind of the added value of having different types of volunteers work together. And when we're talking about different types of volunteers, um, we mean people that come from different parts of the world, different geographical locations, different backgrounds with different skill sets. And so VSO works with blended volunteering kind of across the countries that they work in. Um, and they have observed that it leads to better development outcomes. But they wanted to understand a bit more about how does that work? Why does it work? Um, which is why they hired a research team from Northumbria University, uh, which included myself. Um, to conduct independent research into that topic. So we worked with uh, three great in-country research teams in Tanzania, Uganda and Nepal, which were our case study countries. Um, and they helped us with collecting in-depth interviews and workshops with uh, VSO volunteers, VSO staff, partners uh, and primary actors, which are the beneficiaries of VSO projects. Um, we also had an online survey and overall 460 people uh, participated in the research. So that really helped us in kind of drawing out the, the value that volunteers contribute and especially that added value of having different types of volunteers work together. Okay, that's really interesting. I like hearing the extent of the, you know, the, extent of the research you guys did, but now um, I'm interested in learning more. Like, can you highlight the key findings of this research? And also, can you explain why it's so important to, to understand the value um, that volunteers bring to, yeah, bring to the field? Yes, so um, previous research by VSO had already kind of highlighted um, how volunteers contribute to development in terms of innovation, inspiration, inclusion, participation, and ownership. Um, and our research into kind of the blended approach to volunteering 
further kind of highlighted how this approach can lead to increased adaptability, flexibility um, within different projects. So, for example, we saw um, we saw evidence of volunteers um, on the ground taking up activities in response to project needs, for example, in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic when everything changed. Um, and that was really made possible by having these different types of volunteers work together. But it doesn't mean that NGOs should be a bit flexible in, in appreciating that the blend is always changing, people come and go, um, but also circumstances can change. Um, and then we also found that the blended approach can lead to um, increased sustainability and longevity of project outcomes. Um, and that is particularly through the use of community volunteers, which are drawn from the local communities themselves, where the project's taking place. And they're really essential for, uh, for VSO to reach um, those that are most in need, most vulnerable, and also to engage the communities. And so it, engaging and, and capacitating those kind of actors, um, it, it leads to increased sustainability for projects because when a project is over, many of these people will remain in their communities and they'll retain those skills and, and those connections that they've made. Okay, now hearing all this, I think it's quite yeah, interesting for organizations to adopt this, this model, but I think the, the, the biggest question in new organizations who would want to adapt this would be what, what should they be mindful of? Like as a new organization without any experience in blended volunteering, what would you say that they have to be mindful about? That's a good question. Um, so we speak a lot about international, national and community volunteers when we speak about blended volunteering and VSO speaks about them, those modalities quite a lot. Um, but actually we, we found, especially when it comes to youth volunteers, there was a lot of overlap in how those modalities were understood. Um, and so there is a need to kind of be mindful and understand how those kind of modalities and roles are understood by different actors and on the ground and in different contexts. Um, we also found that it's really important not to ascribe kind of the notion of expertise only to um, outside actors or outside perspectives, so of international and national volunteers, but um, to also really value the expertise that is present at the community level with, uh, with community volunteers. Um, and then finally, another thing to be mindful of is that uh, we did see across the three country case studies um, evidence of some difficulties and hierarchies within blends of different types yeah. of volunteers. And it makes sense because mm -hmm. you're talking about people from different cultures with different backgrounds, different skills. So it's always going to happen. Um, but our suggestion would be for, for NGOs to keep that in mind, to ensure um, equitable kind of management practices and, and transparent management practices. So we think that um, that recognizing kind of the unique contributions of an individual to a project and to a blend of volunteers, uh, the expertise that exists at all levels, including the community level, that's really something important to keep in mind to, to overcome some of those, those boundaries. Okay, very interesting. And now I want to move on to one of the topics that I'm most, most passionate about. You know, when it comes to active citizenship, meaningful youth engagement and meaningful youth participation, and, and a focus on youth empowerment, participation and resilience is also becoming more recognized to tackle key development challenges, particularly addressing the gap between especially vocational education and also the work. So how does blended volunteering relate to, to youth participation? Yeah, it, it relates to it a lot. We've seen youth volunteers kind of 
taking undertaking all sorts of activities, taking part in all projects. Um, as I mentioned, they are among the international uh, volunteers, the national and the community volunteers. They're all including youth youth actors, all contributing from their particular skill sets and and, and expertise. Um, and yeah, we've seen that we've seen that across our three country case studies. So, for example, in Uganda. Um, we looked at different projects where VSO was organizing training for young people um, in terms of gaining skills for agriculture or to set up their own business. And a lot of the young people, that, including the community volunteers there, also the, the primary actors, which are the beneficiaries that were receiving the training, um, they said it was a great benefit for them and for their communities because they learned new skills, they were more able to find jobs. Um, or set up their own businesses. And we also saw that some of the primary actors went on to become community volunteers on the project, which is which is great. Um, in Nepal, we saw evidence of, of youth mentorship where um, older girls acted as big sisters to younger girls to, um, to support them to stay in school and to coach them in their education. And in Tanzania, we saw a very strong uh, presence of the National Youth Engagement Network, the NIEN, which uh, VSO has set up across various countries to kind of keep keep youth engaged in their communities after volunteering placement is over. So we see that, you know, the end of a volunteering engagement or placement isn't the end of the active citizenship for young people. And again, in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic, that turned out to be really important for community resilience. Okay, like nice. As a, as a young person myself, I, I really like that you that you mentioned this. It brings me brings me a lot of hope, I must <laughs> say. So thank you so much, Inga. Thank you. And now I want to move on to you, Alok. Um, you're the global head of knowledge, evidence, and learning at VSO India. As Inga already mentioned, um, the, the research you did at Northumbria University of blended volunteering. So I want to ask you, Alok, what are your key reflections of this this research? Thank you. Uh, like uh, uh, Inge was saying, this was one of the um, key research pieces that uh, we did in VSO and this time with Northumbria University. Uh, and research remains quite an important approach through which you know we learn as to what is working and where we need to be investing in, in our work, uh, particularly in the uh, space of understanding how the blended volunteering works. Uh, we are talking about a context, you mentioned it earlier, uh, about SDGs. And uh, if you are looking at what the SDGs are uh, essentially uh, entailing, then it cannot be achieved without uh, what UN also describes uh, the one billion people who do volunteer, and that therefore they come together in different forms, and formal and informal in community uh, volunteering for national and international as, as, as we're speaking. Uh, and this blended volunteering, which essentially is uh, coming together of different forms of volunteers as Inge described, uh, does lead to in, in development programs or projects, uh, does lead to active citizenship, you know, as you were just uh, talking about. And at the same time, I think relating to the SDGs, if we see where active citizenship is going to lead to, it's going to lead to the achievement of rights of people, so essentially leading to social justice. And I think that is where we're seeing the blended volunteering, moving to active citizenship and helping with social justice uh, uh, mandate and agenda uh, 
as as you know suzy as one uh, rona as one uh, part of this movement uh, the presence of international volunteers alongside the national and youth or you know, the community volunteers does bring uh, how we see through research the external perspective and the internal perspective to merge and therefore lead to innovation and obviously when there are innovative approaches you would see that the development results would be a lot more uh, sustainable and and therefore uh, their longer term engagement their longer term involvement involvement beyond the project scope leads to how communities feel their own power and then start to take a development uh, journey on their own so the two reflections for us particularly from this research but also from other researchers is the power of uh, different forms of volunteers coming together and what the leverage you know in terms of significant development results which are absolutely important and critical going forward and our findings so the, the potential has like you were saying you know the flexibility and the adaptability to circumstances uh, and particularly when we looked at what happened during the covid-19 context it essentially challenged uh, the way we were looking at volunteering um, in, in the wider sector we're looking at volunteering in silos or in different typologies that geographically they do probably uh, bring in very specific uh, skills competencies and knowledge but that was that is the, you know as as we found out through the research that uh, you know th those uh, uh, skill sets assignments are not necessarily true and and they can be uh, uh, transferred and including community volunteers taking on the responsibilities that the international volunteers you know were uh, earlier taking so that essentially then says that some volunteers work across projects when they work across projects and those skills do not necessarily reflect uh, the expectations that we set at the probably at the start of a project design so we need to keep having um, a flexible approach to see how these different uh, 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 types of volunteers when they come together work in different stages of the project they don't remain static they are very dynamic they adapt and ultimately lead to wonderful uh, results in the project okay so just to just to uh, wrap it up in saying you know we are moving into a world where we are emphasizing a lot more on localization and in a, in a decolonized world that we are seeing ourselves in the local volunteers particularly the community volunteers hold the key as to how we're going to achieve the sdgs because when they come together supported by and working together with the other forms of volunteers such as international and national then we will lead to creating community structures community collectives who are going to essentially drive their own development agenda through their voice and through their emp uh, empowerment leading to not only change within their own practices but also change the way services are delivered by uh, the state by the governments and also by the market i think that's the power of the blended volunteering
Okay, that's that's really interesting. I like all the insights you, you brought up. I think all of us can can relate in some way to this. And um, now we we heard from all the researchers, but I think it's important also to learn, um to hear from the volunteers themselves. So we recently spoke with Rona Acheng from Uganda, a former VSO employee, um volunteer, sorry, and she worked at Healthy Entrepreneurs. And the the founder of Healthy Entrepreneurs is actually joining us here today, Chidili, as I said before, Joost van Enge. So thank you here, thank you for being here today, Joost. And would you like to tell us a more a, a bit more about your your enterprise? Well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Um, healthy entrepreneurs, social enterprise, providing basic healthcare products and services in remote and hard to reach areas. We do this through a network of community health workers who are operating in every developing country. The model we have developed is actually tailor-made, market-driven solution to provide services by people to people. So the role of health entrepreneurs is to offer services that fit market needs and are actually offered in a reliable, consistent way. We operate in Uganda, in Kenya, Tanzania, Burundi, Burkina Faso. We aim to continue expanding. And so by doing so, we have a sustainable long-term solution and provide access to basic healthcare services uh, throughout rural and remote Africa. And to do so, we need to continue learning and developing our services. That's where it is voluntary program has been of a great value. Okay, very interesting, Joost. And Rona told us that she and Susie, another international volunteer from the UK, made a remarkable success because of their different perspectives. So let's take a look at her story. Um, right from the start, I liked how our CFYE and VSO packaged it. Uh, there was Rona with a HR background and context of Uganda. And then there was Susie with a vast knowledge of L&D from um, the European setting. So the combo was uh, like a match made in heaven. Like I got to come in on the local laws and the local guidance and she got to come in with her LD knowledge. So I would often recommend that um, for every volunteer that they are sending to do such um, projects, that they would get a little bit of both worlds, the best of Uganda and the best of the international volunteers. So Susie and I made a remarkable success because of the way we are combinated. And uh, I believe that was one of the, the reasons that we were able to be successful. I honestly recommend a combination of national and international volunteer for every project. Yeah, very good. She mentioned the best of both worlds. That's Rona for you guys. So yeah, here in the studio, as I said, we have Susie, an international volunteer that Rona has been working with. And so, Susie, do you have the same experiences as, as Rona mentioned? How has working with Rona been beneficial to your own work? Yeah, so I absolutely agree with Rona, um, just to open up with that. Um, so we had two, two focuses um, at Healthy Entrepreneurs. The first was to focus on... Um, identifying and supporting community health workers to set up their micro pharmacies and um, to provide training to support them to make those successful. Um, and then the second focus was on uh, the head office team in Kampala and really supporting uh, and providing growth and development opportunities for them, largely young people who were uh, new to the workplace. So offering uh, training and uh, learning that was going to give them transfer transferable skills so that they could go on to progress and grow their careers. Um, so those are the two um, kind of focuses. Um, 
my experience is from a large corporate organisation, uh, Ramstad, and um, you know, coming into that type of setting immediately, I was aware that there was going to be some challenges and some kind of huge differences in terms of context. Having Rona's local experience and local knowledge, and having uh, somebody to, I guess, mentor me or coach me through what the challenges were likely to be as they came up, um, whether that was, uh, you know, an example would be uh, very much in the type of um, training that I deliver. You know, there's lots of um, social-based learning or shared experiences. So I'm inviting people to um, share their thinking into the room. And Rona was able to very quickly flag that in a Ugandan context, based on the education system, social hierarchies, that probably wasn't going to land the way that I thought it would. So we were able to really expedite the um, training needs analysis, the design processes, and very quickly get to something that would work in pilot and therefore achieve better results. Um, so yeah, absolutely agree with, with Rona, mm. that uh, having an, a national volunteer that was able to offer... Um, and bring me up to speed very quickly with what some of those cultural differences were and how to soundboard and troubleshoot and get around them absolutely made for uh, better results and expedited that process. It also made it a much more, um, uh, a much nicer experience for me because yeah. I guess coming in, you know, I was thinking, oh, this is really different. Um, and it really was, she was able to alleviate some of those concerns that I had um, yeah, and provide a kind of soundboard. So it was a wonderful experience. And I cannot imagine delivering the results that we had now without both of us uh, bringing our very different um, skill sets. Exactly. And also, um, Rona mentioned the best of both worlds. And now that you're <laughs> saying this, I think that that, yeah, that makes it even bigger that, that she said that. I really like that. And you mentioned that you, if you've had a bigger impact and you don't think you would we would have had the same impact without this this blended volunteer model. But can you explain a bit more about this? Yeah. So uh, I guess an example of that would be um, this idea of asking, uh, you know, asking an open question to a room. I could have piloted that and I could have tried activities in a training setting repeatedly for weeks, trial and error, without knowing why it wasn't working. But having somebody that was able to very quickly say, ah, your challenge there is that people don't hear that as an invitation to share. Or, um, you know, the Ugandan education system is based on, um, you better know that you're right before you offer a, a, an answer we were able to get around that really quickly. I literally would have taken weeks of yeah. trying different ways of doing that because I just didn't have the context to be able to understand what was going wrong. So just speeding up that process was, um, I think, really what made it work and lead to better and greater results, yeah. wider impact. We were able to get more training done more quickly to more people. Okay, that's that's quite interesting. Like, I I did not expect to hear such a such a yeah, valuable story. And I think if we want to, yeah, I said I mentioned the SDGs in the beginning. If we want to reach the SDGs, you know, 2030 is fast fastly approaching, and we have to, as you said, expedite everything yeah. and not not take so much time to 
make sure that everything is fine-tuned. That's why we need yeah, this, this type of model. So I, I'm really happy that you mentioned that because I think if we really want to work together, this is exactly what we need. And um, I think it's an it's a incredible model. But now I want to move on also to Yoast. How has working with Susie and Rona um, benefited your enterprise? And how was your experience with this? It was a fantastic experience. I have enjoyed myself seeing the couple working together effectively. Knowing that we got this learning and development experience, on the one hand, state-of-the-art coming from Randstad, which is an international corporate, at the same time knowing that we had to translate this into rural Africa, which are two completely different worlds. And at the same time, we know that the practices developed by Randstad in the Western world are very effective, but not automatically to be translated into our African and so the fact that they, as two complementary respectful colleagues, discussed about how to work together, about the best effective approaches, also did some tests, some field visits together, but also sometimes sending Susie into the field without Rona being there, but just always being her backup, made that we got a complete uh, training plan for our entrepreneurs, which is very effective. At the same time, we also realized that our staff, as Susie says correctly, are mainly young people or people that were not educated, especially not on skills. We were able to design a program and we have been able to lift progress and potential for all our colleagues, which is close to 100 at the moment, to a next level, which is actually a benefit for us as a company, but also for them as individuals. And Susie, for your information, Rona isn't here. But we are still using the materials, and actually, we are still talking a lot about the two of you because of all the great impact and potential you made. So, um, no, I can say from a health international point of view, the combination of two was fantastic, and also from us as a company, which we are as a social enterprise not able to have all those expertise ourselves. Mm -hmm. It is very important to have people around us, organizations around us that, that actually create a, a circle around us to actually support that gives us as an organization, the capacity, the insights, and the access to the, the knowledge without having it all on board ourselves. And there definitely is this intervention, this role of Randstad, this role of the Challenge Fund, but also VSO coming in, has been, uh, well, uh, something we don't is actually we are begging or we are looking forward to more of those kind of projects. So in case there's more opportunities, we are eager to learn. <laughs> that's really good. You're eager to learn. I think that's also really good news for you that they're still using your thing. So you've had a, a lasting impact. And I think everyone that's interested in being a, an international volunteer can really can learn from this because, you know, you're impacting in the present, but also you're going to be impacting in the future. So in order to create sustainable development, we, we should include both community volunteers as well as national and international volunteers. Thank you all for shedding light on this incredible topic. And I really look forward to discussing this in the future. Thank you for tuning in. This was Future Economies Start With Youth, the podcast by CFOE. I'll see you next time. <laughs>